0: So, JR, Governor Tony Evers is calling on the Republican-controlled legislature to spend $250 million of a state budget surplus on the public schools. He's calling for a special session on the topic. Republican leaders immediately dismissed the proposal, saying they want to put surplus money only toward a tax cut. Evers mentioned, though, that Republicans could do both, cut taxes and spend more on schools. Which side do you think is going to win, and do you think they'll reach a compromise to do both?
1: There are competing ideas right now with through this surplus money, and I'm not sure that they have figured out a way forward yet. So let's kind of review. Um, The state budget uh, is projected to take in additional tax revenues. We're now in the middle of 2021, the end of the current budget. It's about $450 million that lawmakers have to play with. Um, and talking to lawmakers in this past week or so, there are some Republicans who want to cut property taxes. There are some Republicans who don't want to do that because they feel like when you cut property taxes by putting more state aid to local governments, what happens is voters don't see that, that reduction until their, their bill in December, right? Well, they vote in November, so you don't get much credit for that. Two, if you drive down property taxes, um, it makes it from the state level it's easier for locals to raise them right back up, and then it becomes a wash. Now, with the education funding that Governor Evers has proposed, Republicans feel like even though there have been two big boosts for education funding the last two budgets, they still get beat up about education funding, so they don't see any credit for them there if they do that. Now, I have the income tax question, um, could they do an income tax cut? You know, possibly, if they can agree on something, but then Evers has said this is what he wants to do, so would he agree to an income tax cut? Now you have dem lawmakers who are kind of sidelining the whole thing because they can't really stop anything in either house at this point. But if Republicans can find a politically popular approach to using this money, it could force Democrats in a tough vote if Evers doesn't support the proposal. Don't forget too, we have packages on to help rural Wisconsin and farmers. We have packages to help you know clean uh, help clean water efforts homeless bills, all these things that are kind of jammed up right now over concerns over spending. So there are competing interests for all this money. It's not clear right now who's going to win out between now and the end of the session, which is just weeks away.
0: Turning to a rather shocking development, the two leaders of Milwaukee's host committee for the 2020 Democratic National Convention have been fired amid allegations that they oversaw a toxic work environment. The shakeup comes less than six months before the showcase political event in Battleground, Wisconsin. So what's next for the DNC? Uh, Where do we go from here?
1: In talking to folks last week, this is a a black eye for the effort. Obviously, they had this happen. But... Big picture for the the host committee, um, one, it's all about the fundraising. Uh, they seem fairly confident they're still in good shape with their fundraising. As long as they raise the right amount of money, they're okay. And as one Democrat told me, they're on pace to do just fine with the convention fundraising. It's not a question of can they put on a convention at this point. It's how nice convention will it be. Two, um, where are we going to be in five, six months from this? I mean, This isn't just about... Can this committee pull off a national party convention in Milwaukee? It is a test for Milwaukee in general. You know, Milwaukee is kind of like the kid brother to Chicago. It's not considered to be on that same you know, tier as New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, you know, Houston, Miami, these bigger cities. This is a chance for Milwaukee to pull something like this off. So this makes it a little bit more difficult. But if we get through the national convention in July, the Democrats nominate somebody – it comes off fairly well. I mean, there are always hiccups, but they pull it off. This will all be forgotten. If all of a sudden fundraising dries up, this becomes like a nightmare over there. There are all kinds of logistical problems. Then it becomes a problem. So they test now if the committee is how does it recover from this, how does it move forward to that fundraising front and get things back on track.
0: Right. Another interesting story, the Republican Party of Wisconsin opened its first-ever office just north of downtown Milwaukee. Republican U.S. Senator Ron Johnson presided over the grand opening on King Drive in the heart of the African-American Business District. The windows of the place are papered with Trump 2020 signs. The goal is to attract more black voters who traditionally vote for Democrats. So is this an uphill battle for the GOP? And do you think they'll succeed in at least getting some people to consider Trump in 2020?
1: Possibly. If you look at the exit polls from 2016, Trump was in single digits with black voters in Wisconsin. So anything beyond that would be an improvement. Um, A couple things to remember here, President Trump's been touting unemployment rate for not just African-Americans, but Hispanics and others. Um, He's been pushing uh, school choice programs as an appeal to minority voters a lot of whom are involved in voucher programs. Uh, he's been talking about things like criminal justice reform. I read an ad during the Super Bowl about that. So there have been a number of appeals directed to African-American voters. And there are two trains of thought about this, people I talked to. One, Trump is trying to find any edge that he can, any number of, you know, if he can improve even a couple points among African-American voters, it would help and a state like Wisconsin, which was decided by less than 23,000 votes in 2016. If he can't win them over, though, maybe at the very least, some of these voters who didn't turn out in 2016 for Hillary Clinton go, you know, the person that Democrats nominated doesn't really thrill me a whole lot. This President Trump guy, I've got problems, but he's supporting A, B, and C. I'm just going to sit this one out. Even that would be a win for Trump in some ways versus having a surge in African-American-Hispanic turnout in favor of Democrat uh, compared to what numbers we saw in 2016. Another train of thought a lot of his efforts to reach out to minority voters also are an attempt to try and reassure suburban white voters that Trump isn't all these bad things that people suggest he is because of some of the policies he's pushed or the things he said about other places and other people. So it's a, it's a dual track here a little bit. But the big one for the Trump campaign is can they find more voters? That's the whole thing. If they don't improve on their numbers from 2016 in Wisconsin, and there's a Democrats return to kind of their normal level, he's in trouble. He's got to either boost turnout in rural areas with more blue-collar, white, high school-educated males, for example, who are big fans of Trump or the president in general, or eat into the Democratic advantage with other groups and try to boost the turnout in that way.
0: And finally, it appears at least one arm of the legislature is holding a floor session this week. The state assembly is going to the floor tomorrow. What issues are on the docket that you'll be following?
1: Uh, Robin Voss, the assembly speaker, has been pushing a, a free speech bill on college campuses. Where basically, if you interfered with the free speech of somebody else, there would be discipline procedures at be campuses. That bill would be on the floor. We have a tough-on-crime package that's working its way through the system. That will be on the floor Tuesday. Um, this is really crunch time right now for lawmakers because the assembly plans to be in uh, Tuesday. They're still debating another day. The 20th, I'm pretty sure they're going to be in, and maybe a fourth day. That's it. Four days max, it looks like, barring something else had, popping up, and they're going home. So if it's not done by the time they wrap up the 20th, if that's a, if that holds a, a, that expectation holds, it's not getting done this session. So we're looking at crunch time right now with both houses.
0: Do you think the free speech bill will draw a heated discussion?
1: Yeah, it's also not going to go very far because uh, Governor Evers already says he's going to veto the bill or basically opposes the bill. Remember, the Board of Regents put a policy in place or began the process of putting it in place, I should say, that would have a similar impact. It has to be approved by the governor to take effect. He's indicated he's not going to approve that proposed rule. This bill mirrors that rule. He's not going to sign this either. So it's not going very far, even if it's through uh, both houses of the legislature.
0: That's whispolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.